I wasn't sure I'd ever uh, step out and do my own thing. It took this place to do it. And it is Virginia Tech. This isn't some rinky-dink-ass program. I don't know if I could follow that one up. I'm yelling into the void, and that's what I like doing. <laughs> Pete, nobody's looking at your tweets. We're going to recruit our footprint, and we're going to work our tails off to bring those Virginia kids to Blacksburg. Those situations are the worst when you are on top yeah. of another guy. The relationships are very important to me. That's what this place is built on. That's your boy. That's your judge of character. I'm going to end up in a Columbia prison. At 95 Miami, is, is my fondest name. And maybe the experience after the Sugar Bowl with Wes Worsham and J.C. Price on Bourbon Street. <laughs> Come on, J.C. I want to know what you're drinking, Robbie. It is roasty goodness, even though I was out. What's the percent on that? 11. It was a dream come true back then, and it's a dream come true today. Hey, Mom, why don't you try a rail? We're going to put this old guy in a grave for the love of the game. And I mowed the lawn after work before the podcast. Mm, we just got better, guys. Welcome to Too Deep, Hokies Under the Influence, a Sons of Saturday podcast. I'm your host, Pete B., and today on the podcast feed, we got something special happening. You're going to get two episodes. The first one is our typical Hokies Under the Influence show where we'll drink beer and we'll update you on all the teams in Hokie Nation and all that good stuff. And then the second episode is going to be a memory lane episode, a series we started doing last year where we go into some of Hokie history and the great games and whatnot. Well, on today's show, which you'll get later, will be the best wins since the year 2000. That's what we're going to discuss. And to do that, we had the help of Clark Ruland and Devin who was a host on our show many years ago when I was on our honeymoon. He filled in for me. But those two guys and Sam, they give great perspective on all the various games we discussed. We were trying to get down to a 32-team bracket. I should say 32-game bracket, eliminating some of the great games and telling you what the one seeds are. That's what we did in the episode you're going to get later today. But for now, please enjoy this Hokies Under the Influence episode. Men's Hoops got a huge win on Monday over UVA. And this was after the UNC game where I felt like we competed well, but we were just far overmatched. That 34-point win over UVA, though, that was huge. And it does it give us a little bit of hope for the postseason, Sam? Oh, what's the Shawshank Redemption line? Hope is a dangerous <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's I, – I think it's still kind of a pipe dream. I mean, they would have to win out or win the ACC tournament. And I just don't know if, I don't know if that's going to happen. So I think it's a really good win. It's awesome to, to win in Castle. Definitely a big morale boost for the team. Uh, there's a chance. I mean, they, there's always a chance. Uh, this team can get hot like we saw. But I also think UVA is um, probably not a very good UVA team under Tony Bennett. We'll put it that way. UVA yeah, Clark, their, were uh, you down there for the game? Yeah, uh, Izzy and I went, and um, UVA definitely picked their best time to have their worst game of the year. I mean, <laughs> Tech played well. I mean, they did. They played well enough to win the game. UVA didn't play well enough to win the first five minutes of the game. I mean, after that, it was all Tech. Um, the whole crowd was kind of stunned. Everybody in the whole place kind of thought, UVA is going to do something here. Like, they're going to they're gonna make this a game. I mean, it's Tony Bennett. But, man... And just watching Tony Bennett on the sideline, like he went from, you know, flatline Tony Bennett to disgusted Tony Bennett to angry Tony Bennett back to I don't really care Tony Bennett. Like they threw in the towel with 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah, I saw something on X that was like, if we didn't score for the final 18 minutes, we would have still won the game. Oh, easily. Like that's how much 
it was a blowout. And you're right, Clark. It was shocking to see that. It was the biggest win over the Who's since 1961. You'd have to go back to those A.D. Visayo and Malcolm Delaney teams, uh, that 07 team, I think, even to get into the 20s. I think the 07 team won by like 27. But this doesn't happen often against UVA, and it certainly doesn't happen against Tony Bennett. And it was about us stifling their scoring. They were 33% from the field for the game and just two of 12 from three. And we had four steals, five blocks. It was great. I just want to point out that uh, our football team scored more points in our game against UVA than their basketball team scored against us. Very nice. It was that bad. That's a nice little number there. I appreciate that, Devin. 15 and 11 now in the ACC, uh, in overall, and 7 and 8 in the ACC. 52 in the net. That was the last time I checked. 3 and 6 against Q1 teams with two more opportunities. We got Pitt this weekend on the road. They are in the Q1 status right now. And then home against Wake on March 2nd, which could prove to be a very pivotal game but like our we have no margin for error like if we if we want any shot at going to the tournament we must pretty much win every regular season game or just win the ACC yeah, tournament it's gonna right it's going to be it's gonna be tough <laughs> oh, oh yeah or, do that or just win it win the whole thing again <laughs> like the 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 annoying thing about this team is that their peak is good enough to compete and get a spot in the tournament we've just had you, you know there, there's teams that you know they'll have four or five minutes it within a game of going just dead, like not hitting anything. We'll have like three or four games of just not being able to hit anything this year, and that's just sunk us. Yeah, and it's um, and it was and it really wasn't until I think it was the Notre Dame game where we didn't. What what kept us alive was we didn't really have a bad loss, and so it's like okay, if you don't have any bad losses, you still have like seven or eight chances to get some good wins to get you into the seed, and then that that loss to Notre Dame just was like all right this this might not happen this time it's that's true and that felt like the death blow and then notre dame has since gone out and won a couple games after that so they're starting to play a little bit better but you're right Devin. like our ceiling is very high we beat iowa state who if they had beaten houston the other night would be in first place in the best basketball conference so we have a high ceiling and it kind of depends on padula but the craziest thing about the uva game was he didn't really have a great game either he just didn't make the key mistakes that he's been making. He had zero turnovers. And so that was nice. And kid got off to a hot start and Beeren played well. And so it was kind of, it was a full team effort and just a really bizarro game. And I think when we go back and look at it, it will stand out as a very bizarre game, but one that I'm, I'm very happy is now in the record books. But the only bad part about it was we didn't get the free bacon. <laughs> no free bacon. I mean, the amount it, of it got to the point at the end of the game, folks were like, "Why don't they just foul him so they have an opportunity to shoot free two free throws?" Because the game is over. Oh <laughs> you know, the, the next conspiracy you you've got fixing games in Vegas, and then you've got fixing for games bacon. for free bacon. Oh no! <laughs> they talk about the bacon so much it's on the great broadcast. Publicity. It, it, I mean, it's, it's a it's a mastermind of a of a, a PR move by that company, Smithfield, right? Like yeah. Smithfield Bacon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. The Thanks. best that was they had the uh, like the foam, you know, sticks in the in the student section, and the students kept making the big L's. <laughs> oh, I did not see <laughs> that. That was, oh. that was hilarious. I was like, that is I so need perfect. Some scre- I need chat somebody X somewhere to give me a screen grab oh, yeah. of that. I need that for my from like my profile picture. <laughs> All right, let's move to women's hoops because game day is coming to Blacksburg, gentlemen. This weekend for the UNC game, game day will be in town. It's senior day for the Hokies. Liz's last regular season home game. She may get some postseason games, but this is her last regular season game. And she is, talk about goats in football with Michael Vick. 
she is the goat for, for our women's basketball team. So that'll be a great day to honor her. And I think I saw somewhere we're the only one of three or four schools that have had game day for football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Is that is that correct? Did you guys see that? Yeah, I saw that. It's a few. It's a. It's probably like seven or eight schools that have had LSU, it. LSU, it's a pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. LSU, Carolina, I think. Like, there's only a few schools that have had it. So, uh, elite company. ESPN yes. does kind of like the Hokies for things like that. They always have. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. I mean, well, Beamer was the one that allowed them so much access to kind of start the game day setup that we Fowler would always give us a lot of credit for that. And it's it's continued the relationship between the two, I suppose. We are number eight in this week's uh, poll. The, the women are after taking care of number 18, Louisville with relative ease in the Yum Center. Kitley with 26 and 13. Amor with 23 and 10. They just continue to roll and we're not going to go into the X's and O's and breaking down the game too much, but it was a heck of a dominant win. And if you want to hear more about it, check out Billy Ray's podcast. He just did with Kelly Gramlich. That's on the Sons of Saturday feed. Excellent interview. And she's kind of like a hokey fangirl of, of Georgia Amore and Liz Kately. She announces a lot of the games and she gives great perspective in that pod. So I would check that out. We are fighting for that one or two seed and being in the eighth spot in the AP kind of lends itself to the idea that, we are right there for two. Clark, do you think we can get to the one if we win the ACC? Oh, if they win the ACC tournament, they're a lock. I mean, last you year. You think so? Oh, absolutely. Last year, they were ranked ninth at this week. So they're one spot ahead of where they were last year. They've they've got the all the games, uh, the tiebreaker scenarios and stuff to at least tie for the win of the ACC regular season, which they've never done. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. They got a great shot of uh, – I mean, anybody can beat anybody on any night in the ACC. Um, so it just depends on one if they can stay healthy, but two, they just still gotta still gotta play well, and and they're playing on all cylinders right now. It's it's fun to watch for sure. Yeah, the, they're fifteenth in the they're fifteenth in the net right now, but but all the Notre teams Dame they've lost to still have to play. Yeah, all the teams they've yeah, lost they to have been to NCAA Dame, tournament right? teams. Right. Yeah. And one of the benefits of being in the ACC, and it happened last year where it's like, like you said, Clark, we started ninth, but in order to win the ACC, you're going to have to go through NC State or and or Louisville and or UNC Duke. You in know, Greensboro. These other, um, Notre Dame. In, yeah, Notre Dame in Greensboro. So it's like those are more quality wins. I think if I remember right, the reason we got one of the reasons we got the one seed last year was we had so many top 25 wins and like three of them were from the ACC tournament alone. So in this hypothetical scenario where we win the ACC tournament, that's a lot of top 25 wins that gets added to our resume. And they certainly seem to be playing their best basketball at the right time right now. Kenny has found that chemistry within the team and they continue to get better and better with, with all the auxiliary girls to our two main girls showing up in different ways. This week's, we, <coughs> excuse me, this weekend's media attention, I would expect would only help our case to, to rise up those ranks as long as we keep winning. I wanted to talk just briefly about the football official visit announcements. For one, the media that went out for those official visits was very cool. It had like a Nike swoosh with like the video and Johnny Cash playing and a bunch of high profile guys locked in official visits headlined by Fahim Delane uh, in June. He'll be coming to the Hokies, but Micah Matthews, there was a handful of other big names that we're after. And uh, that's just exciting because I think that this recruiting class for 2025 could be a killer. I really do. 
Are you guys, did you guys see a bunch of that? Devin, did you check, do you, do you follow that on X? Are you on there that much? I, I am not on X uh, as much as probably uh, a lot of other uh, hokey pundits. I try to That's good. That's good. limit my social media take as, as I age. <laughs> um, I, I did not. Also, like, I feel, I wonder, I wonder if y'all feel the same way, especially being so involved in Virginia Tech and recruiting in general. It's like, I, I definitely try to stay away from, like, because they're still kids. They're not Hokies yet. They're taking their vids as they're, chi- they're trying to decide. So I don't want to get invested in an individual who still may choose a a Clemson or a Tennessee, a Georgia, all fine schools and would do great for them for their future. Um, and I would wish them the best. But, you know, they're, they're not they're not Hokies yet. You know, yeah. and I'm, Delane is an odd case. Well, not an odd case because we have a lot of them. You know, he's got a brother here and, you know, Hokie family is all inclusive. But um yeah, I don't, I don't it's so it's so say. much potential I understand like it's it's all hypothetical right now it's just kind of fun to see that we're in a little bit of a dead period before spring ball there's winter workouts going on we're getting some bits and pieces coming out about that but to see the graphics go out for a class that after last year's class being a little bit smaller this one's gonna be sizable and has a chance to kind of make our mark in those like two four seven composite type of rankings and I think there's a lot of potential there so I just wanted to bring that up briefly but well, you put up, you put out that I think the rivals ranking. This is our highest average ranking, uh, ba- based on the rivals database ever. And rivals goes back to like, oh six or something. What what was it? Yeah, it goes back to I want to say two thousand, two thousand three or something like that. But it was the highest average star rating per recruit, uh, since rivals inception, and it was also the highest, uh, composite rating per recruit since two four seven has started. Just so last year's class on a per recruit basis was outstanding and potentially our our best ever. So that is that's pretty cool. I'm looking I forward to, to just, the uh, the creativity of the uh, the NCAA 25 graphics and stuff that are going to be done. Oh, <laughs> we'll we'll get. It's there. going we'll to happen. <laughs> I, I may or may not have already put in just a blank PTO request for work whenever that <laughs> game comes out. I, I, don't, I, I remember those mid saying. midnight releases like back in the day. Oh man. Because it was, it was my last kids down, Yeah, started. they just download the game. They don't stand no. out in line. And there's no covers anymore because there's no actual games. hard copy game. <laughs> yep, this is true. Well, they announced, I think it came down today, that every player can enter. Every FBS player can enter to be in the game, and it will get $600 and a copy of the game. And it's just funny to think about like the, the second and third string on Virginia Tech making the same $600 as Quinn Ewers or, or Arch Manning or any of the top top players that came out of high school and, and the top guys in the sport. Like Quinn Ewers is the favorite for the Heisman. And I'm well, in, the, in the NFL, I think it is, it's the exact same way. The Patrick Mahomes gets the same payout as spot 53 on the – who, who was the worst NFL team? The Falcons. I don't, I don't know who the worst team was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few candidates, but yeah, it's, I just thought that was funny seeing that, but I am excited about the video game and people in general are super excited. It's infiltrated like every chat that I'm a part of regarding college football. No question. That's gotta be so cool for the players too. Like to see yourself in a video game, even if you're not a star player, like just to, to have it actually be you. I, I think that's got to be so cool, and I'm glad they're getting it done. We're definitely going to have an off-season podcast about all about the game. It's going to it's gonna happen. Do, do we see any in-team animosity when they find out that, like, when the second string, I don't know, tight end buys the game and immediately puts himself as the starter? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm the starter now, fam. All I'm curious about the, the ratings. Is everybody going to feel like they got good ratings or not? Yeah. 
Well, you know, in, in NBA 2K, you could bribe your way. Like, some of the players actually, like, give money to the developers <laughs> to get, like, one extra rating. Yeah, it's, it's been confirmed. Oh, man. That's, yeah. It, all that stuff is going to be so interesting with it, when it's not just number 12. You know, it's actually, like, a real player's name on the jersey. I know that we used to mod them and you used to fill out the rosters. You could download text roster and plug it in there. But this is going to be the real deal, and it is exciting. Let's move to baseball quickly. Sam, baseball season got started. It, yep. Just quick initial thoughts on the team. Um, they're exactly who we thought they were so far. They hit the ball really hard and really far. Um, pitching got a lot of work to do. Uh, they're two and two right now. Played well at Charlotte. Close loss to a good JMU team. Team that's better than what most people think. I think they kind of, for morale purposes, got to go three and zero this weekend against Rhode Island. Get kind of back on track. You can't drop too many non-conference games. The ACC is absolutely loaded maybe the deepest conference in the country this year uh so they're they're gonna have to figure out the pitching but they got some good young arms they'll figure it out here over the next couple weeks why do we have the best like baseball conference the best women's basketball conference maybe a a great lacrosse conference that we don't even play (laughs) but our football Um, conference just is no good i just don't get it that would be because of espn i believe could, yeah, and that's you know what, yeah. Sam. It's a long. There's a much longer answer there that we're not I mean, going to do dude, right now. <laughs> yeah, like I, I almost wonder because one of the things we talk about the ACC when when talking about uh, you know the the conference realignment was weird about the ACC is there's so many different archetypes of schools. There's public land grants. There's small privates. There's big privates. Well, because of that, and you have so many schools, you have different emphasis. So these five schools are going to be really good at this set of sports because that's what typically small private schools are good at. And then these five schools are going to be really good at football because they're big and they're public land grant universities. And that's typically what's good at football. So because you have maybe that might be why you have such a large range of different schools, it allows different people to succeed and you end up with a a conference that's just good at everything. Good, good at, at many things, but it's funny that the two, power sports which it's the same sport as the women play in basketball like we've seen the acc basketball conference decline in quality by quite a bit and it, it could be because of coaching we had a couple legends walk out the door uh, although those teams are the only ones that are still yeah, still at well. the top of the ranks but yeah. um but spencer hall talked about that a little bit when he came on our pod just about the various types of universities that are in the acc exactly basically what you said Devin, and it is it's a very weird combination of schools and it and it leads to a lot of different issues and a lot of different factors that, that have led to where we are now and in football. Let's talk quickly, quickly, quickly before we set the field for this bracket. Number seven, NC State against our wrestling team on Friday night, 7 p.m. This is the rivalry for wrestling. When we, Whenever we play NC State, it is a slugfest. And so I can't wait. I think Andonian might not be wrestling, so that's going to hurt our chances to uh, – to get the win. That's from my friend, Brian. He follows it pretty closely, but I love watching it when we play NC state. This is going to be, it's going to be a fun match. Last year it was the first match of the season. So, or the first match of the ACC season. So the ACC did the right thing and put it at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, the announcer, I, I forget his name, but gosh, oh, the he dude is, from UVA. He, he's, dude, awesome. he's so good. He, he's so so good. He, he makes, it's like an X games announcer. But for but for wrestling, he just brings that excitement yeah. and that juice. But yeah, I, that's one of the reasons I like the broadcast so much. Let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor. The 2D Pokies Under the Influence podcast is brought to you by Roback. Roback is the performance activewear designed for those who crave activity. It's the polo company that 
brought you the VT polo, the maroon one with the tiny orange Virginias that everyone was wearing, and then the white one with the maroon Virginias that even more people had, known as the Commonwealth. And they also have the Berg, which is the two-tone quarter zip, and it's it's a great look. Right now, they're offering our listeners 20% off their order using code 2DVT. That's their first order. So use your work email, get a second order, get that 20% off. They got women's stuff. My, my wife loves their women's stuff. It's super comfortable. Tennis skirts, uh, hoodies, Q-zips, shorts, joggers, all of it. And of course, the polos, they're coming out with new designs every day. So go to their site, load up your cart, use code 2DVT for 20% off your order. Rowback Crave Activity. For right now, I need to know what a couple of you guys are, are either of you guys drinking? Sam, are you having something over there? Well, of course I'm having something, Pete. <laughs> uh, I'm sticking with the local stuff. I am going with uh, Back Bay Brew House out of Virginia Beach. Orange Crush IPA. So if anyone's from the Tidewater area, you know of the cocktail in Orange Crush. Uh, it's basically just like an orange sherbet vodka drink that's served in a little bucket. Um, very classy, I know. And this is an Orange Crush IPA. It is a, a interesting take on like the hazy orange IPA where it has a little bit more like sherbet flavor to it as opposed to the uh, like mango mandarin orange type flavor. And it's pretty good. Um, it's definitely more of a summery beer, but it's from Back Bay Brew House, and um, it's definitely worth it to support a local brewery. Nice. Clark, what are you drinking over there? Uh, so I recently, about uh, six months ago, came across uh, quite a collection of aged beers from a friend of mine. Um, got an amazing deal. So uh, right now I'm drinking, the, I'm drinking the 2017 <laughs> Bourbon County Stout. Oh, that's a nice one. Uh, I mean, this beer is six years old, and it is absolutely delicious. And I've been working on it for a while. I had um, that twenty seven drinking it out of a Deschutes glass. <laughs> uh, Deschutes yeah, had that had that run in Roanoke, uh, and I, I got this glass right before they closed the tap room. Uh, I asked the bartender. I said, "Do you want to wash this glass?" And he said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> so I took, <laughs> I got the glass, and uh, it is a perfect glass for a nice dark stout. This thing is Beautiful. delicious. Um, I think it is, uh, 14.1%. So been working on it slowly for a while. It's a, it's a good sipping beer. Those, sure. those beers, they're so good, especially if you allow them to age for oh, the yeah. maximum five or six years or whatever it is. I got a couple still in the fridge. So I had the 2017, uh, I want to say about a year ago and it was, I guess that was five or four or five years ago. And I forgot to take my picture for untapped. It was so, so good. <laughs> I am drinking. This is this one's a little weird. I'm having the Victory Tasty Cake Coffee Cake Ale. That's right. Interesting. The name, the name fits what we're doing here. So is it sweet? It is. It, it it's kind of a dessert beer. It's six percent alcohol. It's very. It's got a lot of that malt flavor, like that. You can you can feel that they put some sugar in there, and there's a heavy malt flavor to it. I would say that it's probably a better fall autumn like, getting into the colder like an Oktoberfest. Kind of yes exactly like kind of like a mars yeah. and lager with that with that heavy malt it's okay i just i love tasty i'm from philly tasty cakes a big philly company and victories in pennsylvania so they did this collab on the flavor i suppose it does kind of resemble the coffee cake taste but i'm not sure i want to drink that but i had to get it because it just <laughs> looked so intriguing the victory coffee cake ale it's okay it's okay. If you want a dessert beer okay. in, in, in Christmas time, maybe I, I would reach for one. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Thanks for being here. Devin's drinking water tonight, so I'm not going to bug him about his beer. But 
I, I want to give a shout out to my Richmond crowd. Uh, if you're ever in Richmond, uh, it's called Skybox. That's where I was on Wednesday. The bucket night is four million nights for five dollars. Uh, my final tab for the night was sixty bucks. <laughs> so you can imagine, Ooh, just uh, I'm rehydrating. That's why you're drinking water. Yeah, I'm rehydrating. <laughs> I love it, dude. Devin Clark. Thank you so much. Like, I, I really appreciate you joining me and Sam and, and helping us out on this. We might have a couple other guys helping us out on the next episode, and you won't want to miss that one. But I'll see you. Thank you, guys. Until next time, go Hokies. Cheers. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. <laughs>